570. An L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan, Rodney P. on AM570 LA Sports. All right, if you missed any of the show today, please remember, you can always download the free iHeartRadio app, podcast the show, parts you've missed. Uh, during the 1 o'clock hour, David Vasse here. We talked about the Dodgers getting ready for the Cardinals tomorrow. You can also stream the show live wherever you're at. So just download the free iHeartRadio app, and we will be with you wherever you go. And a reminder that tomorrow, Rodney, we are on early 9 a.m. So we invite everybody to join us starting at 9. Colin will not be on tomorrow because we've got to get you ready for the Dodgers. And we'll be on all day. Tim and Steve Sachs in the morning, Rodney, myself, Petros and Money. Tim will be back with the pregame show, and then we'll have to call the game right here on AM570. But now we need some spirituality. We need to come together. We need to hold hands and unite. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the man that can provide that spirituality is none other than Vic the Brick with an daily haiku at two. And Vic, good afternoon. Oh yeah, good afternoon, Fred. I'm the Dean. Good afternoon, Rodney Pitna. VTB. Thanks, Dad. Why? Control You're a dad. Why? You're please, a dad. Con- please control Why? You're a dad. Why? Terrible. I need to drop that one. That's terrible. My mistake. That one, too. I don't know how you cheer for a guy like that. That one, you can All right. He's executive producer. He is relentless in his quest for knowledge and information and content. 24-7. Please put your hands together and show the love. It's Kevin Figures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The best is yet oh, to come. Get rid of that one, too. Get rid of that one. Where's my dinger, Kevin? Is that a trick question, Fred? What are we talking about? Wow. Don't Fred, we have to drop it? I don't think you need to ask Kevin about that. Yeah, I have that. no idea. I, wouldn't, I couldn't tell you, Fred. I think you I'll have tell you, I'll, I'll tell you where it is, Fred. It's at Urban Meyer's bar. <laughs> hey, there he is. Vic wins today. There he is. There's that Vic the Brick wit. Kevin, I think you have the dinger over there. I do, but I'm working. I, the sound drop that you're asking for, yes, I do have it in my possession. Thank you. That's Take all. it easy, Fred. What do you think I was asking for? A dinger? Kevin, you have my dinger is exactly what you said. Well, give me my dinger. Yeah. You know what I meant. A lot of pausing moments. Yes. You know, that never crossed my mind. Somehow I don't believe that, Fred. Probably a loser. The circle of audio love, please. 
give it up. It's Ronnie Facio. <laughs> My sonic soul brother, VTB, nah. Having the time of his life. Lord. You want a dinger, Fred? Pull up those pants. Well, listen, before we get to the haiku, I want to give it up for a, a, a Laker icon. Yes, I call him an icon because he helped us win two titles. I had a love affair with the Spaniard. Don't admit Ca that. Called it quits. Spaniard. Officially retired. Spaniard. The Spaniard. I call him El Dragon. The beautiful Palgasol. What a gentleman. What a mensch. What a prince he is and was during his entire career. And no one had more love for Kobe than Pow. Inseparable. And I asked a kid with Pow, I'd say, Pow, your blood must boil against the Boston Celtics. Sangre un fuego. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two titles. Number's going to be retired by Jeannie and the Laker organization, as it should. Just a sensational member of the Ciudad for so many years. So, blessings in Barcelona to the Spaniard. Barcelona. The beloved Pal Gasol. Barcelona. Barcelona. Ask Pal. Hey, Vic, uh, you know, you mentioned Urban Meyer's restaurant. I, I told you that Sonny tweeted the show. I heard the dry rub at Urban Meyer's restaurant is excellent. But then Johnny Velez <laughs> tweets in response. Yeah. yeah. I heard the dry rub was good. But I heard the grinders are way better. Woo! Oh, come on now. Urban Meyer needs a little urban renewal. Mm. <laughs> He's a fun guy. Who knew he was so much? He was uh, he was such a rascal. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Urban Meyer is a rascal, and not a young rascal. <laughs> Give me some eleven. Okay. What? What? Vic? Say it again. No one knows what that means. Give me some eleven. That we don't. Young know. Rascals, big hit. Oh, okay. Talk about big hit. How about Shaq's <laughs> Boys and Girls Club charity extravaganza in Las Vegas? He had Bieber. I believe he had Kelly Clarkson. And to wrap it up on stage, Snoop, D O Double G, 213, Long Beach. And on stage with Snoop, Shaquille. Doing nothing but a G thing together. That is impressive. Raised nice. over $2 million for the Boys and Girls Club. Great work, Shaquille. The big blessing. Ugh. They asked Bieber. I said, Biebs, why, why are you doing this for Shaq? He said, Shaq asked me. Are you kidding? Whatever Shaq wants, I'm there. You're the very much the Shaquille. same way. You're very power much the Shaquille. same way. Yeah, yeah, power of Shaquille, man. Yeah, he asked you, you'll be there. Absolutely. He's such a wonderful... He's just a wonderful vibe. Yep. Dodgers. Fred, I, I noticed... 
Your, your half-full glass is getting more full. It's full, Vic. Oh, Lord. I don't know, Vic. Everyone just... Fred, by tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., as we have wall-to-wall coverage, the most comprehensive in all the CUDAR, beginning at 6, with Saxe, Tim Cates, and don't forget, chances to win tickets for the game tomorrow when you listen. So it's another added bonus to our exclusivo coverage as we walk you up to Scherzer. And again, I dropped the seed with David Vassay yesterday. I thought Julio Orias would pitch one inning. Seven, I'm going seven, Scherzer. Let's say six, okay, six. Let me go conservative, Max, with six solid innings, followed by 20-game winner, and just the Mas Fuerte, Julio Orias for one. Blake Trinan, and our closer, of course, the great Kenley Jansen. And that's how it's going to work. Dodgers six, Cardinals four. You heard it here. I thought you had him winning 42 the other day. No, it was six four. We're going to get six oh, okay. runs. Like you what said, you're you making good contact. You're four to two, Fred. You're making that up. Yeah, no, I thought he six said to, that. No, he said six to four yesterday too. Oh yeah, six, four. Fred, yeah, Fred making stuff I, I up. I will not vacillate. Okay, don't. Don't vacillate, Vic. Don't do it in public. Not a, you know me, Fred. I know. Or the Urban Cantina. <laughs> <laughs> How about Urban's wife with that? Uh, t- uh, she went on Instagram or something. Said, "I'm just here babysitting the kids." What does that mean? I have no idea. You got to ask Mrs. Maya. But Mr. Maya is out of control. Look, it was nine seconds. Do you really think there was more to it? Are you being serious right now, Fred? Or are you just joking? It's hard for me to tell. What do you want me to be? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe we can ask uh, everyone else, everyone on this show about their wives if there was a video of them rubbing up on some uh, co-ed. No, no, I'm saying... Maybe it was. Never mind. Yeah. No, please yeah. try to talk your yeah. way out of it, Fred. Go yeah, ahead. Fred. No, you can't. Yeah, let's see if. No. See what Rochelle thinks about it. Keep no, I, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Won't be necessary. My mistake. You're telling me. Well, this haiku is from Gerard John Conforti. A fas- fascinating character. We've never heard from. Uh, Gerard John Conforti. Where's he from? He's from a uh, born in New York City. Okay. Wow. Very tough childhood. What happened? Well, he was raised in an orphanage until he was 19, and then he climbed out of the abyss to earn a BA in English from Richmond College. Still lives in Staten Island, but he has an Edgar Allan Poe-like melancholy mentality to him. But he has gone from darkness to light. And I wanted to highlight Gerard John Conforti and his height. Conforti. Today. Conforti. How old is he? Well, he's in his 70s. Okay. It's haiku for you on this Tuesday, October the 5th. With a full count, the batter misses a hard fastball dust. From Will Smith's glove. I'm feeling you! All right. 
you ride drunk and fall down. <laughs> Good night. Yeah, yeah, my leader. All right, Vic. Uh, Good night, Molina. <laughs> Why are you yelling, Vic? Good night, Molina. Good night, Molina. Okay, Vic. What was Sick the reason? tired of your yadi and Molina. No, you're right. No okay. sickening to me already. Lachaim, oh to life. Can't even play yet. How are you sick of him? <laughs> well, I've seen him for 20 years behind the plate. I'm sick and oh tired of yadi. Aren't you tired of the Molina oh, brothers? I know I am. Vic. Rick, the look on Fred's face as you're going through it, <laughs> it takes to the enhancement turn. Vic, <laughs> what was the real haiku? Figure it out. Figure it out was the real haiku? <laughs> that was it? Figure it out? You mean Will, Will, Will Smith wasn't in there? Add, Will Smith you don't think Will end? Smith was in I there? I added with some Dodger flavor. No, I know, but... Was there a different ending before the Will Smith? Is it what was I'm a saying. generic catcher's glove, Fred. And that was the end of it. But I added Will Smith. Now I we believe know. he'll be catching tomorrow. Although, you know, Austin Bond is also a tremendous catcher. And love our lineup. I'm just so missing Max. I'm, we're all, Max, heal quickly. I don't know what the injury report. I know Dave Roberts is speaking to the media. What at four, Dave? Yeah, four o'clock. So we'll get further information on you know, the horrific injury to Max's elbow or wrist, whatever it was. We really don't know. It's pretty nebulous. All we know is we're all going to step up. And, you know, we're forgetting, you know, we're talking, you know, the great season of Trey Turner, of course. You know, Mookie is squaring it up now. Uh, Seager has been unbelievable. Uh, the guys are hitting up and down the lineup. Justin Turner, I believe, is going to get the game-winning uh, hit uh, tomorrow because everyone's forgetting Red Samurai. He's had a solid season. He thrives in postseason. Don't forget your mind, body, and soul. Yeah, who forgot him? Justin Turner. Who forgot him? I, I don't hear his name mentioned. I, you know, I'm hearing Trey Turner. I'm hearing Mookie. I'm hearing Seeger. You're hearing uh, things. I'm hearing things, but I'm not hearing Justin Turner enough. Because, you know, Justin, he loves postseason. Look at the numbers of his postseason play. Is there anyone more clutch, you know, the last uh, eight, nine years in Major League Baseball than Justin Turner in postseason baseball? The answer is no. He's so he's ultra clutch, so I believe he's going to have some quality at bats, you know, against Wainwright, and there's going to be a dead skunk in the middle of the road for the oh. St. Louis Cardinals. Okay, going with that now. Remember when dead we dead skunk to... in the middle of the road? It's a yeah, it's a song. A cr crazy reference to a a '70s folk singer. Right. But the bottom line is, you know, everyone is I think giving the Cardinals too much credit and not giving the Dodgers enough credit. Look at this Dodger team. Up and down the lineup. We're solid. We're home. We've got the greatest fans in the world. Dodgers six, Cardinals four. Vic, oh, come on now. All right, Vic, listen. <laughs> Vic. Thank you so much. Jesus. Vic, you're saying nobody's given the Dodgers any credit, correct? Well, I've been reading a lot of predictions, they're, a lot of so-called baseball sicker fans. Why? Who's not giving the Dodgers The credit, Dodgers Vic? are favored to win the World Series. By who? Vegas. Meaningless to me. <laughs> meaningless to you? Uh, yeah, the mods are meaningless. They just have to, they must just go out and execute. I don't care about the numbers. Well, but you just say who's, who's, who's not voting? Who's not rooting for the Dodgers? Who's not giving yeah. the Dodgers yeah. a chance in this I'm game? I'm seeing a lot of writers picking the Cardinals. Really? Yeah, they're living in darkness, but they're picking the Cardinals. Are those writers in St. Louis? Because I haven't seen much of that from people out here. 
Not here. Or I'm national. talking about a, a national, a national flavor. You know, they're looking really? outside, looking in. Oh yeah, a lot of people, you know, get sucked in by, you know, by the Cardinals. I don't know why. I don't get it. I mean, they had a, yes, they're very hot. You know, they play the, you know, C L E A N clean baseball, all that stuff. Excellent pitching, solid. And they're a solid team. Let's say what you're not in postseason baseball. Look at the dog. Look at the Yankees and Red Sox. You're not there unless you're good. Yeah, but I haven't not, seen outside of St. Louis, big many people picking the uh, Cardinals. Cardinals. The uh, Molina family is picking the Cardinals. Well, the Mol- of course, <laughs> the Molina family. <laughs> got a little bias there, Vic. I think I would expect that. Yeah, you would expect that. And I'll tell you another family: the Wainwright family, <laughs> the Arenado family, yeah, too. <laughs> the Goldschmidt family, <laughs> and the O'Neill family, yeah, as well. Don't right. forget Tyler O'Neill must be must be put in yeah. check tomorrow. Can't forget O'Neill. He's a, he's a, a very he's a, one of their under the radar uh, stars. Is uh, Tyler O'Neill right for the car? Listen, everyone's capable of doing damage. Yes. If it's, if, if it's not if it's not Red Samurai, it'll be Matt Beatty. If it's not Matt Beatty, it'll be my man Luxie. If it's not Luxie, the superstars must show up in big games, and the Dodgers have the superstars. They will. It's lit. Up. Stories lighting up the sports headlines. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Man. We don't have enough time. That ain't, that ain't right. That ain't right. Wow. Vic, I apologize. No worries. Come I on, apologize for Fred Rogan right now. Well, that Vic was is not okay. That was uncalled for. Vic is so nice about it. You do that at Winston Moss. He was about to tackle you. Remember, Remember that? that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My oh, my God. Me off. You ought to pull that tomorrow. Yeah, I've got to find that. That was one. Oh, by the way. He was about to attack Adam. (laughs) Well, we blamed Adam. That's why he went after Adam. Right. Yeah. So he wouldn't come after you. Exactly. Because you're the one that pointed and told Adam to play the sound. That's correct. Yeah, you did. And then I threw out one of us. Well, the Lakers are speaking right now. And uh, Russell Westbrook, by the way, Vic brought up Pau Gasol, the retirement, the jerseys being retired. Russell Westbrook said, little known fact, one of his top three players of all time. He said Kobe Bryant, Rasheed Wallace, and Pau Gasol were the three players he enjoyed watching when he was growing up. Who would have guessed? Also, by the way, uh, they play tomorrow against Phoenix for their next preseason game. Frank Vogel did say that LeBron and Westbrook are both set out, but the Anthonys will play, that being Carmelo and Anthony Davis, Fred. Okay. Anthonys. Well, let the Anthonys have a little run together. They are brothers, Carmelo Anthony and Anthony Davis. Let them play. No reason for LeBron and, and Russell Westbrook to rush it. I mean, it's the preseason. What are we going to learn from the preseason, really? Nothing. Well, right. So, if you're going to the game, is the game here or Phoenix? I believe it's in Phoenix. All right, if you're going to the game, enjoy the trip. It doesn't matter <laughs> anyway. Yeah, get over with the preseason already. Let's get the season started. Let's play. Yeah. How about Malik Monk? Yes. Malik had a wonderful first game. Obviously, the stars are going to be chilling, and that's smart. You know, why play them in these meaningless exhibition games? Uh, Anthony Davis, I've got to give it up for him. He, he did play the game one. I think he played 11 minutes, and he even said we got a long way to go defensively. But listen, of course they do. They've, they've barely run together as a squad. But they do. They have to box out this year. They got to do a lot of boxing out. Do, you know, do a lot of dirty work, and they will. 
But uh, Malik Monk was very impressive to me. I want to give some love to Monk. And, you know, Westbrook knows, man. I love Russell Westbrook. Loving some Pau Gasol. He's loving him some Pau Gasol. Even more love for Russell Westbrook. He is the key to this season. I mean, come on now. Now, Vic brought up Malik Monk. Do you guys know what his nickname is? Hillbilly Billy Kobe? No, that's not. No, <laughs> no he's not Hillbilly Kobe. Oh. <laughs> They've been calling him the microwave. Now, yeah. Vinny Johnson is a little bit before me in my generation. I guess I was really young. Um, would you take offense to them calling Malik Monk the microwave? Oh, you can't do that. Yeah, I agree. Isn't it? After one preseason game, calling no, him the microwave after Vinny that. Johnson, yeah. one of the great scorers off the bench? Come on. No, no. Vinny Johnson is the microwave. Uh, you know, Malik Monk can be a toaster oven. <laughs> the brave little toaster. Right. <laughs> right. It doesn't... Uh... Toaster oven takes a little minute to heat up, Fred. Why, why are you calling him toaster oven? Well, I'm just saying, we already have a microwave. <laughs> toaster oven. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, you can't call him microwave. There's only one. There's only Vinny Johnson. That's that's it. And a bad boy pissing. You can't call someone else the microwave. Don't do it. It's like somebody, you know, calling somebody else, oh, air or something. Right. right. Oh, that's Magic Monk. No. You can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't do it. You can't do it. Oh, speaking of hoops, UCLA's back on the practice court. Wait, Vic didn't want to weigh in? Oh, I don't know. Did you have any th- thoughts on the microwave Malik Monk versus the microwave Vinny Johnson there, Vic? Got love for Vic. The microwave. I would go Malik. Say chic. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Maybe he really doesn't have anything to say on this. You don't like Malik say chic? <laughs> then you have the ring of the microwave pick. Okay, how about how about how about, how about the furious furnace? <laughs> that wasn't bad. Furious furnace. No. Furious furnace. He's burning. A t-shirt uh, drawn up with that. That's not bad, Vic. That's good, Vic. He's, he's burning. Malik yeah. Monk. Yeah. Might be able to get with that. Uh, UCLA is going to be ranked either number one or number two in the preseason rankings. They have all the buzz. They're pretty much their entire roster is back, uh, especially after Johnny Juzang decided to stay. Uh, Mick Cronin was asked about now entering into the next season with expectations. UCLA came out of nowhere to make it into the Final Four last year. Now they have all the expectations in the world. When he was asked about it, as Mick can only put it, he says, if you're asking how I feel about expectations, I left a place where I could have easily been the all-time winningest coach, and I came to UCLA. Obviously, I embrace expectations. If I didn't, I took the wrong job, guys. Let's just call it how it is. You come here, and you sit where John Wooden sat, you better be okay with expectations. Mick Cronin is the best ever. Yeah. He is simply the best. And they are going to be good. Uh, you know, they're not going to win every game. And the games they lose, I look forward to hearing Mick afterwards. Because <laughs> those are always the best. He's like, hey, coach, you lost today. What happened? Yeah, we didn't win. Next question. How about this? <laughs> hey, guy, did you watch the game? Yeah. <laughs> How about that one? Got a TV, buddy? Yeah, you got a TV, buddy? You didn't see it? Well... Then don't ask. Now, he's the best. I hope they have a great year. And they're going to be really exciting. And it's going to be great for the Pac-12, Rodney. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think they're going to be really good. USC's going to be good again. I mean, Pac-12 showed out last year in the tournament. And uh, hopefully they can repeat it. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, Soundbite-wise, very few are better than Mick Cronin. Nobody has embraced the 
vibration of the Bruin basketball boot of John Wooden like Mick Cronin. He's totally stepped in and done an amazing job. Remember, they were the 11th seed last year. They won five playoff games before that halftime crap uh, by Gonzaga. You know, a, talk about a, you know a prayer. You know, from, from the heart, from the hoop heavens. It was like a prayer that went in, and when the Bruins were playing such amazing basketball. But yeah, everyone's back, and everyone's expecting them to go deep, very deep. UCLA Bruin basketball. Oh, come on now. Shit. <laughs> and that's what's lighting up the headlines. Kevin's been great. All right, so for the Chargers, an enormous win. For the Raiders, maybe a little speed bump, or maybe not. Benny Bonsignor joins us next. Red Rose. Oh, 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 yeah. You would be a hundred dollars and being found. Close of the gap. Rodney beat Red Rogan. On our stretch run. Remember, tomorrow we're on at 9 a.m. 9 to noon. Getting ready for Wild Card Day. All right, we hope you'll be with us because we're coming in early just for you. Because that's how we roll. Want to be part of the day with you. Take you all the way up to the game. All right, now uh, the game at SoFi last night. Chargers come out on top. They looked really, really good. And uh, Raiders put up a fight at the end but just did not have enough in them. Let's bring on our Raider insider, NFL insider, back in Vegas now, Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, hello again. Hello, guys. Uh, quite the atmosphere last night uh, when they finally got it started. But uh, you're right, the Chargers look fantastic. And a, a tip of the cap to Tom Telesco, their general manager. He hit, he's hit a lot of home runs when you talk about Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley and Derwin James and some of these you know great young players and coaches that he's come up with. But the job that he did with that offensive line going from last year to this year, I think it was completely revamped from last year to this year. And you can tell on film and you can tell last night that's become very quickly a strength of their team. They're manhandling a very good Raiders defensive line. Uh, and there's a, there's a big reason why Austin Eckler did what he did and Justin Herbert was able to do what he did. Uh, the, the work that Tom and his staff did fixing that offensive line uh, is a big reason why they're doing what they're doing right now. Yeah, were you surprised by that, Vinny, at all? Uh, we all knew the Chargers' defensive line was pretty good, but, but in terms of the offensive line for the Chargers and how they did handle the Raiders, and, and really, for that matter, have done pretty well throughout the whole season. Yeah, every and exactly. And um, a little bit, you know, I know that Gus Bradley, the Raiders' defensive coordinator, was saying that, you know, the Chargers' offensive line just jumped off the screen uh, to him. And, and, and the key to the whole thing is it's, I think it's an entirely new group. I'd have to go back and check. But if it's not five of five, it's four of five, uh, uh, you know, that, they've complete, that they completely overhauled. And that's hard to do uh, in the NFL. And obviously they hit on the draft picks. Uh, they hit in free agency. Uh, and they just got it together as quickly as they, as they could. And it's become a strength of this team. And it's evident in their run game. And it's evident in, in obviously, Justin Herbert being able to sit in the pocket uh, and make some big-time throws like he did last night. So there's a lot of reasons why the Chargers are good. But they had to get that offensive line fixed, and they were able to do it. So tip of the cap to Tom Telesco. All right, what did the Raiders learn from last night? Well, conversely, the offensive line that they rebuilt um, just hasn't come together like they had hoped it would. There's some injury factors. They lost Denzel Good, and they lost Richie Incognito. Incognito went down before the season started. Denzel Good uh, was lost the first half of the first game. And those two veteran guards were supposed to help their rookie right tackle, Alex Leatherwood. They were supposed to help 
their first year starting guard or starting center, Andre James. Colton Miller's been really good at left tackle, the former UCLA Bruin. But to his right, it's been just injuries and a lot of inexperience. And, you know, they can't run the ball right now consistently. Derek Carr has been under fire. We saw that last night. Uh, that was pretty evident. So if you really want to look at where the where what was really exposed for the Raiders last night, it was their offensive line, inability to run the game, inability to get off to fast starts. That was its third game in four games where they've fallen behind by 14 or more points. They can't keep doing that. Uh, they were able to survive against the Ravens. They were able to survive against the Dolphins, but the charges were too darn good uh, to, uh, to, to give them any kind of an escape clause. Hey, Vinny, my takeaway was that the Chargers are – better than we thought we thought thought they were and the Raiders even though the 3-0 record not quite as good as we thought they are not or at least not quite there yet and feels like they are still probably a year away whereas the Chargers I think will be be in that conversation come the end of the year if they stay healthy yeah um I I I agree I think the Raiders you know they're gonna have to scheme it up on the offensive line it's gonna be hard to figure you know bring in reinforcements this time of year um who's available right so if they could get the offensive line squared away and you know they they put a lot of um they put a lot of faith in Tom Cable their offensive line coach that he'll get it figured out guys will get better as the year goes on if that's the case uh, then I think the Raiders offensively uh, and defensively, um, you know, they'll be there at the end of the season. But as far as right now, uh, no question, the Chargers are a complete team and as complete a team in the AFC West. And and you look at the Chiefs, I'm sorry, but, you know, until they can show that they can consistently stop some people, you have to raise a red flag on the Chiefs right now. Uh, that's, a, that's a huge issue for them, stopping people. Even in their wins, they're still giving up way too many points, whereas the Chargers – I think I read somewhere where they've held four teams now under their season average uh, scoring-wise. So they're playing well defensively. Justin Herbert is just a stud. Austin Eckler uh, is doing his thing. They have a plenty of weapons, and now this you know great young offensive line. So a lot to like about the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, but you, know, you make a valid point here, Vinny. It's still early in the year. And what yeah. you see now when you look at Tampa Bay is probably not what you're going to see at the end of the season. Uh, the Chargers are off to a very good start. The question is, can they sustain it? After people see more of Justin Herbert, will they be able to stop him or try to contain him? What do you think? Well, um, we, we've had, what, 16, 20 games now uh, of Justin Herbert. Um, nobody's been able to really stop him yet. So uh, I don't know if, if anyone's going to be able to figure something out, um, you know, because he's he's just too good. And, and what they have or what he has around them is just too good. And they're well coached, too. That's it. That's something that really has struck me watching the Chargers on tape and then watching them again last night. I don't get the sense that, um, you know, like in the past, you almost expected the Chargers to shoot themselves in the foot. You almost expected some kind of loosey-goosey, not quite there, not quite on top of everything, time management, you know, coaching decisions. Sometimes you wondered if they if they were on top of everything. Well, the team that I saw last night from the challenge that, Brad, that, that Staley made that really – change the dynamic of a, of a drive uh, where, you know, it's all of a sudden a support down for the Raiders rather than a first down. That, that was a, that was a game changing decision that, you know, Brandon Staley made. He's, he's on top of things in time management. He goes for it on fourth down, shows a lot of uh, creativity and, and boldness in that regard. Uh, it's just a tightly run ship and a well-run ship. And so I wouldn't expect the chargers for that element, um, you know, to, to rear its ugly head like it has over the years for the chargers. Um, now they've got to stay healthy, no question about it. But if they can, 
all the ingredients are there for the Chargers to have a nice season this year, and maybe uh, better than nice. What was it like in the stadium, Vinny? We we had some callers call in talking about it was electric. Kevin was there, said it was uh, 70, 70, 30 Raider fans. What was it like for you? What was your experience like? Yeah, it, it was it was definitely electric. Uh, ironically, I think the delay, the 35-minute delay, helped get people uh, into the stands. Uh, I, I was texting with some friends in Los Angeles, and they were caught in traffic or on a shuttle bus to the stadium, you know, so it allowed people to actually get settled in, um, you know, more than they would have been if the game had, scheduled, had started uh, on schedule. Uh, what I did like, um, I don't think there were any fights last night. I think by and large, Charger and Raider fans coexisted. Uh, it seemed like more festive than angry or anything like that. Uh, and you always like that. Uh, but I'll say this, the Charger fans that were there, and there were a number of them, um, made, made their presence felt. And uh, I'm hoping that for the Chargers, as it goes on, you know, they could just keep gathering more and more uh, of, of that element because it is a good, exciting young team with a great young head coach and a great young quarterback. There's not much not to like, uh, you know, for the Chargers. So maybe some of the younger uh, members of the Los Angeles, Southern California community are going to start jumping on board uh, in that regard and, and give them a little help. Uh, but as far as the atmosphere last night, it definitely was electric. Um, you know, I Gruden talk after the game, talking about the Waller penalty and taunting. I'm, I'm, I was confused. Is he for taunting or against taunting? Uh, I think that I think that uh, he's 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 definitely against taunting uh, first and foremost. But to me, I mean, he it didn't seem like I think I thought Darren Waller what he was doing was expressing anger that he hadn't gotten the ball. Uh, you know, that might have been his first catch if I recall uh, last night, and he was just a little bit amped up that he that he got his you know he so it wasn't directed at anybody with the chargers uh or on the charger sideline so i think as the referees you have to really kind of take this this isn't an emotional sport it is you know uh high leverage and it was an important game i don't think i i don't think you could assume that somebody's doing something to rub somebody's uh face in it and that's what taunting is so I thought it was a, uh, I, you know, and that that was a, a, you know, it didn't change the game, but it changed that drive. And I think the, uh, the, the Raiders ended up having a punt and the Chargers scored, you know, their third touchdown to go up 21 nothing. So the Raiders were just building some some momentum right there and it got taken away on, a, on, on you know, a call that you have to scratch your head. But at the same time, Joey Bosa, the, the penalty that was called on him, I thought that was a little bit of a stretch as well. And by the way, Joey Bosa no holds barred on Derek Carr last night. So I've talked to some players today and, and the Raiders heard that loud and clear. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how things, uh, how that all plays out the next time these two teams play. Face what do you other. mean? What do you explain to our audience that don't, don't know what you're talking about, Benny? Oh, well, Joey Bosa after the game had a, a very pointed um, uh, assessment of Derek Carr. And he said, basically, basically to, to, to the gist of it was we felt if we hit Derek Carr a few times, um, he was going to uh, not necessarily quit, but uh, get a little soft. And, He's going to curl uh, up or something like that, right? going to curl up, yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and here's the thing, um, and this is what bo- really bothered some of the Raiders, is like, first of all, he played better after getting hit a lot earlier in the game. The Raiders' offensive line got a little bit under control. Derek Carr played his best football in the second half after you know taking a little bit of a beating. So the Raiders are like, what's he talking about? Like, he, pl- he actually played better after – you know, uh, you know, that moment. So they didn't feel like there was, there was a lot of validity in that. And Derek Carr has been playing, he's been under duress all year long because of this offensive line. And he hasn't really shown any signs 
of cowering. Uh, but you know, the, 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 the big, the point of it is you're challenging someone's manhood. You're challenging uh, a quarterback in the NFL's toughness and the Raider players, his teammates heard that loud and clear. And, uh, it's something that they're going to remember for a little while. All right. Benny, appreciate you rushing on after you got back home in Vegas. Thanks so much. We'll talk again soon. All right, guys. Have a good one. Okay, we are back to wrap things up right after this. Petros and Money. Hey, it's the red, white, and what? Gold blue. Exactly right. Yeah, it ain't the red, white, and orange. No, it ain't the red, white, and foreign blue. Yeah. God, I love these Dodgers. Love America. America loves these Dodgers, too, especially on the radio. America! Go Blue! The Petros and Money Show. Weekdays at 3 on your official playoff home of the Dodgers. Thanks for joining us on your ride. Thank you very much, yes. Speaking of which, traffic. Logan and Rodney. Rodney Peace. An athlete. Rodney Peace. A father. Rodney Peace. An L.A. icon. Rodney Peace. And this guy. Red Rogan. AM570 LA Sports. So we do want to send you to the NL Wild Card game tomorrow at Dodger Stadium. Dodgers take on St. Louis. Tune in tomorrow morning starting at 6 with Steve Sachs and Tim Cates for your chance to win tickets to the game. Visit your Southern California Chevy dealers today. Chevy offers a full lineup of trucks and accessories to help make it your own. Find new possibilities. Find new roads. Visit SoCalChevy.com for more information. All right, Ronnie, Kevin, thank you. Great as always. Rodney up early tomorrow. Talk you at 9. That all. A hard lesson. Court cases keep them guessing. Plea bargain ain't an option now, so I'm stressing. Cost me more to be free than a life in the bin. Making money off of cuss words, writing again. Learn how to think ahead, so I fight with my pen. Late night down sunset, like in the scene. What's the worst they can do to a player? Got me lost in hell to live and die in LA on bail. My people say. Live and die in